0: The inflation is real and the inflation is enormous. And um, central banks will always deny it. But of course, that's a direct effect of the money printing that has been going on since, since March uh, 2020. And that money, it has been printed. That takes its toll on the markets. And, and we'll, it has to be played out to the bare end. Uh, we've seen the asset inflation. We'll now see the well normal inflation, if you will. And it will, it will hit people hard. Uh, stock investors are They're not the smartest investors the, the bond investors and especially the credit investors I guess Greg Foss writes about this as well But it, it's it's known in the markets That the uh, the more quantitatively Oriented people The the, the big brains go to, to Fix income and credits And not, not the stock, stock market So the stock market is lagging Indicator uh, and, and it has gone up, 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 up I don't think it's very hard to predict That the stock market will have a rough year next year
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you like and comment below. And to find future episodes in your feed and push notifications, make sure you subscribe. And if you click the little bell, you'll get every new episode as it's released. Thanks again for watching. In March 2019, an anonymous person by the pseudonym Plan B published a medium article titled Modeling Bitcoin Value with Scarcity, which introduced his now infamous Bitcoin stock to flow model. Plan B also introduced his stock-to-flow cross-asset model, which includes gold, silver, diamonds, and real estate data. Plan B says he's a former institutional investor with 25 years of experience in financial markets, and he has a legal and quantitative finance background. The stock-to-flow models that he has created have been shared by millions of people globally and cited in most major financial publications and television shows. Plan B has risen to become one of the Bitcoin thought leaders over the last two years, and his model has predicted, within a fairly accurate price range, the rapidly rising price of Bitcoin. The models are, not without criticism though, with many popular Bitcoin thought leaders on both sides of the argument. Some have argued that Plan B's models are scientifically invalid, and one of his stock-to-flow models has recently broken with the recent Bitcoin bull run since the price did not rise above 100,000 in 2021. In today's conversation, I sit down with Plan B and we cover why stock-to-flow model may have broken 2021. If the stock-to-flow model is now invalid moving forward, what surprised Plan B the most last year in 2021? Other than the stock-to-flow model, what else is Plan B looking at most? What worries Plan B about 2022 and beyond? And he also shares some of his early years, his Bitcoin origin story, and the Federal Reserve, interest rates, inflation, and more. So with that said, let's dive in with the one and only Plan B. Hey guys, I'm gonna take a quick pause to introduce the first sponsor on The Jay Gould Show. I am happy and proud to say that this show is now sponsored by Witham Smith & Brown, which is a forward-thinking, technology-driven advisory and accounting firm that is committed to helping big and small companies be more profitable, efficient, and productive in today's complex business environment. Witham now also has a dedicated crypto and blockchain technology team to help early-stage businesses properly navigate all the crypto tax-related matters. I've been using Withem both personally and professionally for nearly a decade for all of my businesses, personal needs as well. I'm very happy with them and I highly recommend Withem. You can contact Withem by visiting their website at Withem.com. Now back to the show. Plan B, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. Uh I want first of all, I want to thank you very much publicly just before we got on the call for coming on the show. I'm I'm a fan and um I appreciate what you spending your time with me today and uh And I'm fascinated with what you've been able to accomplish in the last couple of years. Thank you. Before I dive into your background and your Bitcoin origin story, as well as, of course, the stock to flow model, um, one of the criticisms from the stock to flow model is that it doesn't factor in demand. Um, And I've been saying that, uh, you know, the federal, the Fed's monetary policies, I think, have opened the door for the demand into Bitcoin or risk assets in general, frankly, probably all risk (laughs) assets, right? It's why we have this everything bubble that we see. Uh, so with interest rates so low and the hurdle rate is so low, basically the, the investors I think are forced into all these risk assets, uh, which is propping up the valuations across all asset classes, obviously including Bitcoin. And one way, I had a friend of mine who's an investor, one way to calculate that risk is something they call the equity risk premium. Um, and for those that are unaware of what the equity risk premium is, I'm just going to read, uh, it says the equity risk premium is the excess return that investors in the stock market uh, provides over the risk-free rate, right? Which is like the treasury or the tips, right? So this excess return compensates the investors for taking on relatively higher risk in an equity investment. And the, the size of the premium varies and depends on the level of risk in the particular portfolio, which you obviously manage money professionally. So I want to talk to you about this. Also changes over time as the markets fluctuate, right? Um, But the equity risk premium is an excess return earned by the investor when they invest in markets over the risk-free return, right? So essentially, this is the one cause for demand into risk assets, in my opinion, relative to the hurdle rate, um, so traditionally speaking this this return compensates investors for taking on the higher risk of equity, equity investing obviously bitcoin's not an equity right but I'm kind of equating it to that for a second here obviously determining this is a little subjective right with the what the what the growth and the future you know growth of any asset would be um but the one thing about your stock to flow model that I think gave Bitcoin investors some logical directional um kind of sense for how bitcoin might reform moving forward. Um, but it also misses the one element, which I think this closes the logical loop, at least in my mind, which is the cause for the demand going into this. Like I think the cause for it is there's nowhere to put your money. As Bitcoin Tina says, there is no alternative. right? So this leads me to the Federal Reserve. Um, I had Vijay Boy Potty on the show recently, um, and he actually agreed that the one real credible risk these days, I think, is probably in the short term is the Federal Reserve with interest rates. So Um, I've been telling people all the time, you know, for the last year or so, I think that the federal reserve will be the catalyst for the Bitcoin bear market. I think we might be seeing that right now, you know, with them tapering, you know, the tapering and the acceleration of that. Um, and, and now they're signaling, they're going to raise the rates and the market is starting to risk off a little bit. Right. So, what do you think? Cuz like guys like Preston, Greg Foss, uh Jeff Booth all been on the show, talked to them, come friends with them, and uh you know, they don't think that we can raise rates to a certain point. There's there's it's, it, as as Greg says, it's 11th grade math, right? So I think that they they might be able to, but I'm just curious what you think, Blaine B. What do you think?
0: Yep, well both of your points are very interesting about the equity uh, risk premium and and about the uh, rising interest rates. Um I have been saying in the past that, and and by the way, maybe f- uh, for your listeners, I um, have been an institutional investor for the last twenty five years, managing well in the beginning bank balance sheets, then uh, bigger balance sheets, and, and and the last couple of years a uh, hundred billion balance sheet uh, dollar balance sheet uh, together with the team, of course. But and that was very much focused on on fixed income, so uh, <laughs> the, the interest rates and where they're mm-hmm. going. So so this really goes to my, my heart as well. Uh, and um, it, it certainly is very interesting to see the um, the 10-year uh, US uh, Treasury rates uh, moving up quite drastically over the last couple of days, actually, week, two weeks, from uh, 1.5% to uh, almost 180, 180 base points. So, um will that will that go on or or will that uh, re- return um that that is a question and, and for sure we can have higher rates right i mean in in 2017 18 the rates were was was uh, short of uh, th- three, 3% uh we could we could go back to those uh, period but what, what we have seen um in all all markets not only the fixed income markets is a quite drastic effect since um uh covid hit the markets in in, in march uh, 2020 which of course was followed by uh, a lot of government measures that that shut down uh, parts of the economy which had to be saved kind of like after the financial crisis where where the banks had to be saved so a lot of um companies think airliners uh, restaurants uh cruise liners uh, cruising ships etc et uh, travel everything travel related it, it, so the 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 fed basically printed a lot of money we have seen a lot of qe quantitative easing uh, since march 2020 it it went up like <laughs> yeah multiple no m- multiples of what we have seen uh, after the the global financial crisis and as in a response to that money printing that the rates went down drastically uh in the us the 10 year rate dropped as low as 0.3, 0.4, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Europe, rates have gone negative, negative uh, 1% uh, and, and are still, uh, I don't know where they are now, but still around zero, very low, lower than the US. Uh, what we have seen since the uh, spike down of interest rates since since March uh, uh, 2020 is, is a, a gradual creeping up of the interest rates till, well, one5 Mm-hmm. Is about the average it spent last year, and now all of a sudden it jumps up to to one
1: point eight. And, and to, by the way, it started at like point nine last year and went up yeah, yeah. pretty quickly in the beginning of the year. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah same, same as this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but but yeah, will will it go on? It, I am of the group that thinks um, that that the enormous amounts of money uh, being injected in the system, the quantitative easing, trillions and trillions uh hmm. over the last uh, 2 years make it almost impossible for the Fed to raise interest rates back to say uh 4 or 5 or even higher percentage hmm. so that will not happen in my world yep uh, so and and they're basically talking the rates up as i see it <laughs> uh uh and and if they talk uh hawkish they 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 of course uh don't have to act because when they act when they really put the rate up um all the uh, loans, all the bonds uh, that the treasury uh, emitted, what they put out, they, they, the new bonds they'll have to pay those those higher interest rates, and that basically breaks the entire economy uh, directly from the, the interest payments. And 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 that's that's even that's just a direct effect. The indirect effect, of course, is the valuation of every asset will go down because c- it. Right. For bonds, that's very mathematical. For equities, mm-hmm. you talk about the equity risk premium, um, but uh, all the assets, even real estate. So all the asset inflation that we have seen last two years, and that we have talked about as Bitcoiners as well, because it, it it impacted Bitcoin as well, but also real estate and the stock market, of course.
1: Which is most of the wealth for most
0: people. Yeah, know. yeah, and and uh, so so if if they really end the QE uh and and going to raise interest rates uh sharply then they'll bring down the stock markets. They'll bring down the real it starts estate with market. the bonds,
1: though, right? The, the, but the it debt
0: starts with mm-hmm. the bond market because that's a very mathematical
1: direct uh, relation. And that's what Greg's basically speaking to because he's a bond trader as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's so, just math. It, it will it will break. Yeah,
0: yeah. But bonds are. I mean, for for retail investors, bonds are like uh, well, not very interesting, not very exotic. Uh, of course, it's in all the. It's all in the pension funds. It's all fixed income. But for private investors like, like you and me, it's all it's all stocks and, 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 of and equity. But and,
1: like insurance companies and stuff, they 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 use, well, they have historically used bonds. But moving forward, like Buffett even says this, like they're going to be forced, not him, but uh, life insurance as an example, they're going to be forced into risk assets because they will not be sustainable if they have these 0% interest rates moving forward, right?
0: Yeah, well, uh, we, we were in that world in Europe for the last uh, two years with negative interest rates. And as long as the interest rates goes down, that's okay, right? Because you, you'll you have negative <laughs> it's interest It's when they rate. go the other way. <laughs> yeah, but your evaluation, your total return goes up. And there was a really interesting thread from Jim Bianco research uh, today. I retweeted it about about total returns and and, and how awful they were last week and, and even last year, right? If, it was not a good time to be in, in bonds last year. Because, um, uh, yeah, when, when interest rates rise, the bond prices go down. Or actually, it's the other way. Yep around right it's it's it, because people uh sell um uh, the bonds the the, the price uh, of the interest the interest rate go up sure and and what we're seeing right now is that everything has been sold right uh, mm-hmm. bonds uh stocks uh bitcoin gold everything so there's yeah. definitely something going on in the market Um,
1: but we'll see. We'll see. Well, this, this kind of leads me to the next thing. So you're, you're in the same camp as myself. I'm in the same camp, by the way, too. I don't think they can either, but my old investor, um, I told you he managed like $12 billion, um, professionally like you do, um, with a group of folks. And, uh, he's kind of in this camp that he, he just thinks that they can raise the, but to your point though, there is a breaking point mathematically, right? And maybe it's like two, two to 3%, somewhere in that range. There's no way we're getting back to 5%. Even he said that, but he he was telling me it's, it's all about this, um, It's kind of this equity risk premium. I think he's thinking about it from the equity market perspective. But if the market really believes that the Fed is stuck, like we all do, then why does the market sell off? Why are we selling right now? In case maybe they don't believe it? Like, they they, they don't have any conviction in that belief or something? Like, why are they selling just on uh, the signaling from the Fed? Well...
0: Well, let me first say I'm, I'm I quit my job in in March, right? So I'm I'm a full full hundred percent Bitcoin right now, and I'm a little nice. less connected to the markets that I was a year ago. <laughs> uh, I don't have the Bloomberg's uh, running uh, full full time, but um, yeah, I, the reason why they say, so I don't know actually, um, it, it's of course the inflation that's spooking everybody, right? The inflation is, uh, and 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 the for the official numbers are always lower than than the real numbers <laughs> we all know um the the bus the basket of products in the cpi is mm-hmm. well it's a chosen basket maybe not representative for all of us and and like michael saylor likes to say the asset inflation is of course a much better uh gauge of inflation and 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 my personal favorite gauge is the uh the hourly uh, wages because uh, there is a um uh, product price part of the uh, inflation equation, but there's also a labor cost part, mm-hmm. an income part of the on the, on the inflation. And, and that's, I think, the most clear indicator. But any, it doesn't matter how you look, the inflation is real and the inflation is enormous. And um, central banks will always deny it. But of course, that's a direct um, effect of the money printing that has been going on. Um, since since March 2020, and yeah, th- that money it has been printed. That that takes its toll on the markets, and and will it has to be played out to the bare end. Uh, we've seen the asset inflation. We'll now see the well normal inflation, if you will, and it will it will hit people hard. Uh, mm-hmm. And and, uh, so, and 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 this and is not... why the
1: Fed's doing what they're doing to combat inflation, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's also what investors see. And maybe uh, stock investors are how do you say that politely? They're not the smartest investors. The 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 bond investors and especially the credit investors. I I, I guess Greg Foss uh, uh, writes about this as well. But it, it's it's known in the markets that the uh, the more quantitatively oriented people, the 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 big brains go to to fix income and credits, and not not to stock stock market. What is market. that
1: like? Three times the size of the equity markets, the bond market. Yeah, like exactly. That?
0: It's a bigger market. It's it's a daily volume uh, also. Uh, it's it's much higher, and and so the stock market is lagging indicator, uh, and and it has gone up, 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 up. <laughs> so I guess yeah. a lot <laughs> of people, yeah, I guess that's also an easy buck to make. To uh, I, I, I don't think it's very hard to predict that the stock market will have a rough year next year.
1: No. Yeah. Well, this year we're here, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> it feels like still last year, by the way, I do that a bunch. We're <laughs> yeah. like a few days in. Um, um, let, me, let me dive into the stock to flow analysis or stock to flow model, I should say. Um, for those that are not aware of the stock to flow model that you are super famous for, <laughs> uh, it's the ratio of the circulating supply, uh, AKA the stock uh, to the number of coins being produced a year uh, every year by the mining, AKA uh, the flow, right? So I heard that you said that the when you read this Bitcoin standard that uh, Safedin mentioned it and that kind of tipped you off initially. Is that was that your aha moment for looking into this and diving in a little bit further before you created the model?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and um, uh, safedine mentioned the stock to flow ratio, not the model, right? So he didn't right. connect it to the market value. That's that's my um, addition to it. Uh, and, and of course, stock to flow ratio. Uh, I, I knew that from the commodities market, so it was not the first time I heard it. Yep. Of course because gold investors use it um, for uh, uh, comparing uh, commodities like silver and platinum and uh, gold etc so the stock to flow is quite quite interesting metric uh, and I you know f- my insight was well one step back, I missed a fundamental model in bitcoin, and being an institutional investor okay the, the technical analysis is nice and and certainly uh, uh, helpful but um you need to have a more fundamental model from from first principles that, like the capital asset pricing model, and uh, we'll talk about it in a minute, I guess, with the risk uh, equity risk premium. Um, that the capital asset pricing model says, okay, if an asset is more volatile, it should give you more return, yeah. and you cannot have a high return without that volatility, because then, at a, well, everybody would be a millionaire, right? So. Um, <laughs> Only the people that can stomach that volatility will will be able to um, earn a high return. And we, we as Bitcoiners are very uh, <laughs> much uh, yeah, into that, right? Because the, the the volatility is so high. But um, the, um, the the stock to flow model missed this. I, I missed this fundamental model, and and that's where I, of course, read a lot about. Bitcoin, the, the white paper, and then Savedin's mm-hmm. book, uh, a must-read, of course, for every Bitcoiner. And the scarcity um, part of Bitcoin is what jumps out. That's that's what caught me and a lot of investors. Mm-hmm. That there's only yeah. 21 million. They're, they're scarce. They're even scarcer than gold. Because even when the price goes up, it, normally when the price of a commodity goes up, uh, the producers produce more of it, bringing the price down again. Uh, but with Bitcoin, you can't do that. So it's a very very fundamental thing of bitcoin that it's it has this built-in scarcity that the 21 million
1: coins there's but there like to your to, what we saw before there's no there's no way to predict the demand though that that causes these surges At, what your model sort of does is it kind of implies that it's based off of the supply being limited over time right
0: i'll get to the demand but but first uh, the supply so um my insight was the scarcer an asset the the higher the market value would be because people value scarce assets higher than than not non-scarce uh, assets it's just uh, everybody knows that it's it's uh yeah it's with watches with art with with uh, with everything so um mm-hmm. so that's when i my addition was to to take the the scarcity stock to flow ratio and then map that to the market value of several assets and, and even dynamically through time, that was the, the stock-to-flow model. And the stock-to-flow cross-asset model then yep. brought in the gold data and the silver data, real estate and, and diamonds. Mm-hmm. And then you see, like you would expect, that the scarcer the asset, so real estate is a scarcer asset, the higher them, its market value. And, and that's when I, yeah, I mean, it's very rough. So it's, it's a very rough model. It's a very simple model. It only has one input, and that is the scarcity, stock-to-flow ratio. All the other factors, including demand, but all the other and all the macro news and China and and bands and whatever, so there's there's like hundred factors that also impact the price. Those aren't sure. in the model. So the model is very simple. It's very rough. Yep. I think it's very intuitive and, and very directional, directionally right. But yeah, no, demand is not in there. But demand is a very interesting uh, variable because it's that's very hard to measure, right? It's, I mean, um, and. Um, you can't predict that,
1: really. No, no, very, no, no, and, and, and anything. And,
0: mm-hmm. and Bitcoin is is sort of a strange um, commodity a- asset. It, it it's like a Veblen good, and and Veblen go- in Veblen goods, the the laws of demand and, and um, supply don't work as you would expect. So because normally, if a price goes up, if a, if a price is, g- g- yeah rises from of something, the supply of the demand goes down. And, and if the price goes down, the demand goes up. But with a Vaplan good like Bitcoin or a uh, Rolex watch or a piece of art, when the price goes up, demand goes up, it's the other way around. And, and that's because it's viewed as a luxury good, as a store of value. And, and, mm. and uh, yeah, so, so, so supply, uh, demand is a function of supply. It's derived from supply. So I think, and, and of course we could debate that, but I think that demand is a, a derivative of supply in the case of Bitcoin and other veblen goods. Uh, yeah, but but... You know, and that, that applies to other variables as well because I, I got that question a lot. Why don't you yep. – have you, have you uh, considered the quantitative easing and, and um, the, yep. the, you do have to include money supply uh, in, in the model or all the macro news, the, the interest rates or China bans and, and why are, the, are they not in the model? Well, I, I wish I could, but I, I, I haven't figured that out yet. I probably never will. It's it, so. So I, I guess we. It's all. It's already very astonishing that that we seem to be able to predict the Bitcoin price as rough as we can, as, as we can do it right now,
1: yeah. but. That we can do it at all you know i i will say um it, it seems that like uh my, my buddy fred krueger uh commented yesterday and i put that post up last night and he put a comment up and he says do you believe that the model is partially um has partially become the cause of the decline <laughs> recently Basically, are people front running the model? Because <laughs> people do that, right? Yeah,
0: I, I think like, you give too much. We're trying credit. to front run the
1: top of wherever you said. You know, the one hundred thousand are like, let me sell before everybody else tries. <laughs> so I wonder if there's some of that happening. I mean, it's not only the only thing, obviously. To your point,
0: I've been—you know—the model has been below the uh, far below the um, the model prediction uh, three times now since mm-hmm. I wrote it in March 29, uh, 2019. So, uh, we've been, this is the third time we're really below the model, but it was below the model value when I, um, published the model. So we're basically at the same spot as three years ago. Uh, and we have been above the model like two or three times. And every time we're above the model, people say we're front running the model. Oh, everybody knows it now. We're front running and this is super cycle and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and when we're below the model, so it, yeah, then, then, uh, everybody thinks the model is broken and, uh and uh, so i no i don't think the model has any impact on the price at all okay. uh, and i can tell you a little story uh, about the black and scholes model which is the option mm-hmm. pricing model that mm-hmm. got uh, black and scholes the, uh, the nobel prize it was published in 1973 and um but nobody believed it because it, the the one thing that made the model stand out was that you don't need a um expected value of the underlying asset to price the option of that asset, because the option price is only dependent on volatility and some contract-specific parameters, but um, like maturity, etc. But the, it volatility drives the option prices, not the expectation. So the expectation, for example, of the S and P five hundred has no influence on the uh, on the options of the S and P five hundred stocks, and and that insight was was remarkable, but not. Um, not not accepted right away so uh, it it has been discussed until the beginning of the 80s 81 82 when when people really saw and accepted this this fact and but both gentlemen become became billionaire, billionaires uh, exploiting the model for for almost 7 years while all the information was out there but there was a lot of debate and uh, yeah i think that's that's the market takes time to digest ideas and especially these,
1: uh, more fundamental ideas. So, uh, in the recent interview that I saw with you and Pomp a month ago, I think you said that you didn't think that the model would hold up after I think two cycles from now. I'm not sure if it was the next cycle or the one after, but you were saying that at some point you thought it might break. And, um, is that like based on the law of large numbers or something like that? Like what, what, what is your reasoning for when you said that?
0: Yeah. Well, well, first of all, um, it's just a model, right? And I can be wrong. So it, it could break tomorrow. Um, and, and I, I really I can be wrong, so so uh, know that. But sure. if we look, um, what I like about the the stock to flow X model in 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 particular is that we can interpolate. We don't have to extrapolate uh, in time, like all the all uh, all the other time series models. For example, if you if you look at logarithmic time models, they they show you this nice curve, but you have to. Uh, you have to extrapolate into time so we don't have data from the future so that that makes it a, a little bit uh, less really less reliable but with, with stock to flow we have the um, uh, two assets gold and real estate that have higher stock to flow ratios that are scarcer than bitcoin at the moment and we know the market values of those assets so we know uh, so so within the data range of the model we can interpolate um the uh the 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 expected market value of bitcoin when the stock to flow hits the same levels as 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 gold and 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 real estate so i've been saying i can interpolate until the stock to flow of of bitcoin is about the same as the stock to flow of real estate which is about 100 uh next cycle so that's 2024 2028 but after that we're in uh, terra incognita and nobody knows what a stock to flow 200 asset uh, will be priced at because there is no stock to flow 200 asset right now. But okay, that gives us to till 2028, uh, which is uh, long enough, <laughs> I guess, to be useful
1: and very high valuations. So you're just saying that the stock to flow model works because uh, it kind of measures scarcity like gold, right? And, mm-hmm. um, the more scarce something is, I guess, the more valuable those those things are, right, um, to other b- investors. But then you also said previously that network effects also help explain the growth of this. Um, can you explain to the audience, like, what you mean by that when you say the network effects of uh, Bitcoin? I mean, I, I think I know what I'm talking about, but would you <laughs> explain that one for the audience? Yeah,
0: to be honest, I, I think I would never mentioned the network effects that explicitly but um I know Metcalf's law of, of course sure. uh which is which is for, for 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 companies that that experience exponential growth like like all the uh, um uh, internet companies uh, Google mm-hmm. and Amazon etc etc the Fang uh, group um yeah and, and all of course the new inventions uh technology technological inventions uh experiences this um exponential growth but Um, and and you can see that in in bitcoin right when you see the graph on a log scale it it still grows it's Mm -hmm. almost a straight line and and that's the signature of a exponentially growing asset so yeah it's there is but it's just an observation so you you can Mm -hmm. just put a line on there and say well it's it's exponential growth but then you run into that in that um extrapolation problem how far will it grow exponentially and when does it Mm. stop so you can make uh, logistic adoption functions etc etc but those are very dependent on their initial values and other assumptions so yeah of course the big question is when does it stop and how long will bitcoin grow uh, exponentially and and we have grown from well below one cent to uh, Mm -hmm. forty thousand right now so it's it's amazing growth (laughs) and and it yeah, it's, it's, it, and especially, I, I mean, for you as a tech investor as well, and I, I, I talk to a lot of tech investors. Uh, when you see it, it's almost like impossible what Bitcoin did last 10 years. Uh, it's, it's, well, you know, it's, there, something is going on there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, this kind of brings me to this like law of large numbers kind of discussion. I've had this discussion with a lot of friends on Clubhouse that drop in audio app. I go on there a bunch and, um, we talk about Bitcoin. And I'm friends with American HODL and stuff. And he comes on and he's actually said that um it's got network effects, but unlike the network effects that I was describing as to equating to, like you said, like Facebook or um the fax machine, like anything that's had network effects, right? Um, Just for those that don't know, network effect is the more things that, you know, more nodes or participants that come into the network, the stronger the network is and the more valuable it is for those that aren't there as well as those that are there and et cetera. And it's perpetual and it continues to grow, which is why Facebook probably not going anywhere (laughs) or meta, I should say. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Everybody says that um they'll, they'll make this kind of implied statement. They'll say, well, you know, Bitcoin's the fastest growing asset, the best performing asset for the last 10 plus years, it's growing at 200% Kager. But nobody was buying it at a penny, to your point, right? So mm-hmm. um, for most people, it's been 100 to 130% Kager, realistically, right? Yeah. For the last seven plus years or whatever. Um, but using simple math on a compound interest calculator, like that's not even sustainable. Because if you had 100 and percent plus 130% over the next decade at 40% starting point, 40, 42, sorry, 40 to 42,000 starting point, I think that brings us to like $180 million a coin, which would be sucking up all the assets plus some, right? Like it's not even possible. So it's got to contract that growth that kager has got to contract. Where do you kind of see that shaking out moving forward, the, the compounded growth?
0: Yeah, well, that's coming back to the Stock to Flow X uh, model and the the real estate. Uh, size of the market about 100 trillion us dollars hence my name by the way um mm-hmm. i think if that that would be a yeah if, if if we go beyond that that then it will be one of the larger assets in the world mm-hmm. and certainly run into strange valuation uh, <laughs> uh things and 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 in fact what we're also seeing i guess is not only the assets growing um exponentially in the, in the case of bitcoin but also stocks and real estate at the moment um, is that the denominator so the currency the the, the US dollar is is uh, is affected as well because if if all the money printing the trillions and trillions of money printing that seems to be having a direct effect on the valuations in that particular asset mm-hmm. and we've seen that and maybe you know from from a world view if you look at com- uh, countries like zimbabwe venezuela uh, Turkey right now, mm-hmm. all the countries that have run their currencies into the ground by printing it too much, and, and in Venezuela there's these nice pictures now of all the currency, all the notes on the on the on the roads. Right, they, they throw them away; they're worth nothing. So, what what does it tell you? So, in, in all those in all those countries, the stock market went up exponentially before yeah. the uh, currencies died. So, we could also. And yeah, I'm always very careful to say it, but we we could also witness the dying off of the dollar right now. Because of all the money printing, it obviously, uh, something broke. Uh, And I I guess every institutional investor knows that the US debt will never be paid back.
1: I mean, I think I, I think I read if you took the, all of the money of all the richest people in the country, all the millionaires, to, it doesn't even pay off the debt. So, it's like, forget about taxing us; just take all the money. It doesn't do anything. The so. numbers are crazy. The trillions—I mean, trillion
0: in itself is crazy—and and, and it, so, so um, I guess measuring Bitcoin or any other asset in 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 uh, in dollars, uh, there w- there will be a time when when that doesn't make
1: sense anymore. That's right, that's the hyperrechronization argument, right
0: yeah, and, and that's what Preston and, and, and of course Saylor uh, as well are, are talking about. maybe you should measure you should measure things in, in Bitcoin instead of the dollar or gold, and th- that's why I make that stock to flow chart. Uh, I'd like to make that in gold instead of the dollar because then you smooth out or, or, or you take out all the quantitative easing and dollar effects, all the uh, macro effects and and, and, and that gives a, a actually a very similar
1: picture. So I, I heard you refer to the sharp ratio when describing why Bitcoin was so attractive to you initially, right? You said um, as an investor, you asked what's the return, and in 2013, you can see this major asymmetric return profile for Bitcoin. Um, you said the volatility scares less experienced investors. Like I tell you, I have a good friend, he's a very experienced investor, he's still scared. <laughs> yeah. But um, but you also said that quant investors know how to deal with that volatility. Can you explain what the quant investors are doing to deal with the volatility?
0: Yes, it, it has to do with arbitrage. And uh, it all connects together. So the um, you were talking about the equity risk premium. Every asset has a risk premium, a, a, a return above the risk-free asset, which is basically the short-duration t- uh, U.S. treasury. Uh, <clears throat> so there is a gold uh, premium. There is a real estate premium. There is a Bitcoin premium, like the equity premium. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, there is a very a uh, linear rela- relationship between volatility risk measured as standard deviation or drawdown or whatever there's there's it's a whole science <laughs> in measuring uh, risk but let's let's take standard deviation for from now there is a, a linear relationship between uh, risk and and return on an asset so if if you take more risk like with the equities you get more return hence the equity premium and the gold premium, and the real estate, and the Bitcoin premium. Um, so with Bitcoin, but with Bitcoin, it's di- and and then in all the assets, the return is less than the volatility. So for for with equities, for example, the return would be ten percent on average per year. Mm-hmm. The volatility, however, would be the risk twenty percent. So more than the return. And that gives a sharp ratio. And I, I, I simplify it a little bit. But that gives a sharp ratio of 10% divided by 20, of about 0.5. Hmm. Um, but with Bitcoin, that's the other way around. And that's the only asset that has a positive sharp ratio. So with, Greater Bitcoin, than one. Yeah, yeah. with Bitcoin, it's not 10%, it's 150%. <laughs> like, right? Or 100 the, the, Approximately, it, it matters. how uh, wait, wait, Yeah, but let's say one hundred fifty percent frame you're looking at. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the risk, the risk, uh, the standard deviation yearly, or the uh, maximum drawdown, or uh, the implied volatility from the options, they all point to this about eighty percent risk. So that's one hundred fifty divided by. It's about two. <laughs> so a sharp ratio
1: of two is incredible. Th- that should not be there. So, uh, so as an as an inf- sophisticated investor. And I'm talking to you, Mister Investor, friend of mine. <laughs> so he's watching this, right? Um, so he should he should have some risk on on this asset. It seems incredible that they that, and these guys don't, which blows my mind. I don't. I, yeah. I, I don't. You know what he actually said to me? He's like, if it drops below uh, thirty thousand, I'm thinking about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well but, but here's the thing the the volatility so it's it's all connected the the yeah. equity risk premium the capital asset pricing model the uh black and scholes option model that 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 explicitly prices this this volatility into uh option pricing it's all connected and and mm-hmm. and where there's connected markets there of course is arbitrage and that's where the um institutional investors come in although I have to say I had the same talk with my old uh, uh, employer uh, uh, showing them all the arbitrage opportunities, but they can, of course, not being under the under the uh, central bank uh, capital regimes, not in good faith uh, <laughs> exploit these arbitrages on a large scale. So I guess we're looking at family offices now and hedge funds mm-hmm. doing this. And I know a lot of them that do this, but mm-hmm. um, and I'm doing it myself as well. So w- what you can do, you can see volatility as an asset as it on its own. Volatility is an asset, and the volatility of Bitcoin is eighty percent. It's the largest volatility you've ever seen. Um, and and uh, in a, let me give some context as well because it it seems like companies are not allowed to default anymore in the U.S. and Europe because they get saved, right? When the yeah. banks were uh, did something stupid, they were saved. They, they they were not allowed to default. They were saved with, uh, well i shouldn't say taxpayers money but with inflation basically with uh, printed uh, money with quantitative easing which led to inflation so everybody paid for the saving of the banks now with covid the airliners like boeing the restaurants the the travel industry everybody that that got into lockdown is saved with uh, more quantitative easing so more inflation which we are seeing popping up now and um so and that also that 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 saving of companies that should have gone bust that should have defaulted that reduced the volatility. So volatility uh, is 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 not allowed to live uh, in the markets, and it, it's very important for price discovery that it is allowed to live. That that we have volatility and the pricing of assets accordingly. So when the Fed and the government um, deleted volatility from the markets it didn't disappear of course it just went where it could live and that was bitcoin was one of those places so we see extreme concentrated volatility in bitcoin and other markets by the way and uh, and also return that is absolutely mathematically associated with this with the volatility so to give you a very concrete example um you could uh do volatility harvesting as we call it in in bitcoin um where you buy the underlying asset bitcoin and then write a call option on that asset so it's a covered call option uh writing strategy and then uh you would make about 30 35% of return of course you have some downside as well because uh, if the asset goes down that's that's on you but you get a 35% uh, on the on the call option which is amazingly high which is actually too good to be true and, and the same is true not with volatility but in the futures market at the moment it's a little bit low but the cash and carry strategy where you buy the asset and then sell it one year later or one month later but you get a, a premium and, and right now that premium is very low I think it's about 8% but there was a time at the market peak when that premium was thirty or even forty percent, and the option price were even higher than but so you could easily buy the underlying asset bitcoin d- 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 don't care about what it is don't care about the directional the direction uh, but just sell it right away at the same time one year later and make that eight or ten what is it now uh percent, which is much I, I, with very low risk. I might say because okay, there's some some credit risk on the exchange where you where you do that, but you can uh, th- th- those are guaranteed at the, at the big exchanges. Uh, so so that is a very juicy return. Is this
1: like FTX? Is where, where do you where do you perform that?
0: Oh, I, I guess the institutional uh, investors would go to the CME CME with uh yeah with uh, Fidelity custody etc. Et but so 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 you have the exchange where you can do that with institutional grade custody and and and
1: and exchanges and contracts um even with a guarantee i think is this essentially like uh because my buddy was asking me the other day he's like what what, how do you hedge bitcoin is this is this like the hedge is this how you is that is that a hedge essentially yeah
0: well yeah 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 you can hedge you can take out the risk of bitcoin by by selling it uh, Mm -hmm. uh in the future or by by buying a put option for example uh of course you will give up some of the upside some yes. of the return you'll pay dearly for that especially the options of course are very expensive because of the high volatility but what i th- what i think it is bitcoin is more like a hedge against fiat so it's an arbitrage now
1: that's what i said to him actually uh b i said to him if you don't mind me calling you big sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but i said to him i was like he's like what's what's the hedge for bitcoin and I wrote him back and I said, well, you're an institutional investor. What's your hedge on equities? And he gives me this list of things in the text. And he goes, so what's the hedge on Bitcoin? And I go, one more question. What's your hedge on the hedge? Because <laughs> Bitcoin is the hedge. <laughs> I think you're missing
0: it. <laughs> institutional investors that, that have to uh, invest other uh, people's money, uh, bank savings, pension money, they can't take much risk because they have to have uh, capital, uh, capital against all the risk. Yeah. They, uh, they, so so they, they can basically only do fixed income. Or a very little equity, um, they are happy if they make um, three or four percent if they do credits per year. They're the I mean the the ten year treasury rate is one point eight at the moment, so that's risk free, <laughs> and, and you can take some credit risk on top of that if you're good at it. But but uh, maybe three four percent that's it. So a, a a cash and carry strategy that basically has zero risk. And then earns your eight to ten percent, and in good times twenty to thirty percent. It's 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 like it's an arbitrage. It's a fiat Bitcoin arbitrage. And the same is true for the volatility. The volatility in itself is a uh, an asset. And and you can go go really exotic on that, right? If, if you're a quant, you'll do uh, rebalancing strategies based on. So, so you're trying to actually. Replicate the options without so, uh, without using the uh, without buying options, so without the credit risk associated to exchanges. You just replicate the option and and do rebalancing uh, based on uh, on on the volatility on on, on the market. And um, yeah, so so it, it's like quant heaven. This is really and and especially if you're in Europe and you can borrow at negative rates as an institutional yes, investor. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and then put that
1: into a <laughs> Well, quote unquote, risk free uh, Bitcoin ARP. Let me take a step back. Um, I want to learn more about the origin story of the person behind B- Plan B. As much as you can share without doxing yourself, obviously, <clears throat> can you share with me, like, um, I, I mean, I've heard some things. You're, you're Dutchman, obviously, uh, mid 40s and institutional investor, et cetera. But like, and you said, I think you have a, a economics degree and a law degree, which is very sure. interesting. Um, uh, bank financial markets, I think it was. And, um, and obviously you've mentioned you, so you, you and a team manage over a hundred billion dollars, et cetera. Give me, give me the earlier version. Like what, what did your, what were your parents like, um, what, what kind of socioeconomic conditions did you grow up in? Like what, how, you don't have to dox yourself in any particular way, but just kind of, if you could broadly, like trying to get an idea, how did you develop into who you are and <laughs> see the world this way? Yeah, uh, that's a good question
0: actually. I, uh, well, um. My parents are very open-minded and um, sailors as well. So uh, we're we're all sailors. So we like to go on a on a sailing boat and and, uh, and 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 bring you uh, and, and go where the wind brings you. Um, and and there's a very strong psychological uh, dimension associated with sailing, and that's freedom. So uh, I guess financial freedom is one of the things. And and I mean, I, I never had it bad. I, uh, there was always enough money. So that was never really the the, the driver. But what really was the, the driver for me in my younger years at, at the university was uh, the truth and, uh, and arbitrage, like we talk about right now, things that were supposed to be impossible. So little puzzles like efficient market hypothesis says you cannot make uh, returns without risk. Well, maybe you can if you have uh, inside information. Of course you can. But that's illegal. Maybe if you have a better algorithm that nobody has, that's that's sort of at the borderline, right? That's that's legal, but you have insights that nobody Jim has. <laughs> yeah. So, so the the Black and Shoals example that I gave you, uh, I, I, that was on my mind as a sort of mental mental thing, mental picture um, when I was twenty. So, uh, yeah, always been looking for advanced algorithms, uh, markets. Uh, access to information, access to people uh, with information, um, uh, and 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 joining the the exotic and really complex parts of finance, so derivatives markets. I've worked on a, a trading room as well on foreign exchange uh, stuff, um, but because my legal background also on on. Um, on um, uh, structured finance which is a, a, a an entirely uh different uh, part of the field but very interesting where you where you create special purpose vehicles and and uh, uh securitize uh, mm-hmm. cash flows uh, and, uh which has a lot of legal risk in it as well the way you structure it the way you uh, uh, exclude the the risks and and hedge your risks. Indeed, is is very very interesting. So, yeah, I was always
1: uh,
0: very much inspired, but also helped by my parents to do these little discoveries and later bigger discoveries and went on these treasure hunts uh, from astronomy to uh, computer science to well, investing, if you will. Which is and investing, of course, is the if, I always saw that. I still see it as the the one area where you can transfer knowledge into money into <laughs> directly without any. I mean, if you know, you know. If you if you if there is an arbitrage, you can you can everybody can do it. You don't have to be an institutional investor. And if you're right, you win. If you, if you're wrong, you lose. It's it's like a football yeah. match. Very clean, very efficient, and uh,
1: very. Uh, challenging also because it should not be possible (laughs) yeah it's it's funny um so you know who naval ravikant is yeah yeah. sure so he he, as a kid he said um his mom worked and he would have to come home from school and go to the library and she encouraged uh it it always comes back to your kid your parents i swear to god like i do these interviews and i always try to get to the essence of like what motivated you early on and what continues to motivate you people like scaramucci and myself come from blue collar families so not that we struggled with money it was very kind of um you know middle america you know mm-hmm. um probably what you you probably had to yeah. basically yeah, what you're saying mm-hmm. you know so we weren't like i wasn't desolate and poor but um but i th- i wanted more but then you you have more what continues to motivate you and then i had bram cohen on the, the founder of uh BitTorrent, and um He's like a beautiful mind, you know, like he's he's using he, he was playing with a puzzle the whole time I was talking to him. I didn't know it. I was hearing click, 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 click. And he's just sitting there looking at me and he's talking. And and I asked him about um the puzzles. I didn't know he was doing that. I didn't I thought maybe somebody in the background was doing something. I couldn't tell. And then he goes, Oh yeah, I got a puzzle right here. <laughs> yeah. like, Cause in his mind, it's like everything is just the game, right? And he's trying to solve. And that's what I noticed with Naval as well. Um, and a lot of other interesting folks like yourself. It's like you're you're trying to solve something. It's not really about the money as the end goal, the money, it's it's like a game
0: it's exactly that it's the intellectual pro, uh, part of the money the money uh, tells you if you're at, at, on the wrong uh, or, or the wrong or the, or the good road uh, and and yeah especially and it's the curiosity that drives everything mm-hmm. intellectual uh, and, curiosity and i guess as a par- as a parent that's a very important thing to stimulate when your child is interested in uh, the stars then by all means buy him a book uh, yes. for christmas or something about the stars and encourage that uh, that
1: curiosity because that drives everything so i heard that you i heard your bitcoin everybody's heard your bitcoin origin story that knows who plan b is so we don't need to rehash that <laughs> um but i heard you say that in 2013 uh you first heard about it and uh like everybody else you you kind of missed you thought you missed it <laughs> yeah. um and then in 2014 it crashed to 100 you said you thought it was dead then it went to 200 it went to 300 and then you went in right you're like wait a second no 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 yeah um as I said, you have some friends that are professional kind of institutional in- investors. And I think I said it earlier, one of my investors, um, my previous company, I am not investors anymore, but my previous company, <clears throat> he said, um, if it drops to the low twenties, I think I'm back in Scaramucci even had, you know, uh, the Winklevoss twins on stage at the salt conferences in 2014. And he didn't listen to them. He was dismissive and, uh, but just got in last year as we all obviously know now he made a big splash. Right. Absolutely. um, why do these professional investors, like yourself, mooch others? Um, wh- why do they try to time the markets on the best performing asset that we've ever seen? <laughs> like, what is the time? Why not just DCA into it, knowing that it's just it's got this volatility, and I'll, I'll get some low and I'll get some high, and if it drops, I'll buy a little more as I go. Why are they trying to put a lump sum all in at once when they tell people as investors you shouldn't do that? Yet they do do that.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't do I, – I sort of DCA'd in, but over a year, two year, three year okay. period maybe. But but uh, and I guess most people do that. They they um, um, put in a small amount to test it. And then when it doubles, then you go, well, I should have done more. <laughs> and then, uh, okay. I'll,
1: Depending I'll on some which more. part of the cycle you got in.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then and that doubles. And then, well, holy <laughs> – uh, mm-hmm. and then the big load comes. But um, – yeah, I guess it's a risk uh, thing, and, and stepping up your investment. I think all uh, institutional and, or professional investors do that. They just they don't go all in at once, and have to get used to the asset, which is a very. I mean, it's a very complex thing. It's it's something, and we talked about that with the Sharpe ratio and the volatility. Something we we have never seen before. So it's it's also. Reminds you of Ponzi schemes and bubbles, and uh, yeah. you know, the less curious and the less intelligent, maybe they 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 get stuck at that at that point of view, and they think it's a bubble and the uh, and, and a Ponzi. But but once you take it, it, takes effort as well. You have to read and 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 make yourself read through the. Uh, satoshi paper uh the, the bitcoin white paper it's not an easy read for me well no. if you're into math if you're if you're into that thing it's easy and into computer science but if you're just a, an investor uh that's a, a hard read and, and you don't get it i mean even if you're into that stuff the rabbit hole as we call it goes deeper and deeper every time you read the white paper every time you talk to what well, people like uh like a uh, 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 Brian uh, Cohen from, from the uh, BritTorrent, Um mm-hmm. or Adam Beck. Yep. Every time he, he tweets something, every time he, uh, of course, Adam Beck was mentioned, right? Like referenced in the white paper. So he's especially interesting person to, to, uh, to listen to every time he says something or shows something, it, it opens another rabbit hole and you yes. fall into that. You got to so, start researching that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so it's an even, and, and also for me, right? It, it, it i'm not i'm just starting that's the feeling i'm just learning and that's why i quit my job in march uh like i want to go all in i want to go not not money-wise you know with the rising it it almost gets to the point but but i mean
1: from a intellectual point of view i want to know all that 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 raises a question so you just made a comment like um from a from a network net worth perspective when you first started going in DCA over the first couple of years, like how did you decide percentage-wise of net worth I'm going to put this much in over some period of time? Like how did you? And obviously, the old saying is like with Bitcoin, if you did like one or two or three to five percent in ten years, it's going to be over one hundred percent of your, your, your ninety-nine point something percent of your uh, portfolio, probably based off of the expected returns. Um, what? How did you do it?
0: Yeah, I didn't go all in. That's that's what what I'm taught, and that what what's what I have seen. Of course, you never. Put all your uh, eggs in one basket. So, so you have your house or real estate. You don't sell that to buy Bitcoin. Um, yeah. What I did do was sell my gold. So uh, I saw gold and and mm-hmm. uh, Bitcoin as it. yeah as commodities or, or sort of competitors. Uh, gold obviously doing nothing for for year after year after year. Uh, I think the the risk return. On, on bitcoin were just better so i was an old gold bug, actually that probably mm-hmm. helped me understanding the ideas behind bitcoin uh, especially a stock of flow kind of scares the uh, Digital ideas. Gold, right yes. yeah yeah and um and and converted that into bitcoin so that was my my um rotation out of gold into uh, the new gold if you will but not all not, yeah but then but then it grows and grows and of course the decision is not not easy to um rebalance into your original uh, position
1: or uh, let it just uh, run letting it runs the hard part for really yeah. you know, astute investors because they want to rebalance as a look at kramer on television earlier last year right he was saying uh I, I'm, I'm selling my position it's gone up too much it's like that signals negative to the market, obviously for people who listen to him, because then they start doing it too.
0: But but for an institutional or professional investor <laughs> at, who has done that all his life, that's the prudent thing to do. Yeah, to take some profit and then look for the for the other asset that has a higher, yeah. uh, uh, uh yeah, well, Return estimated bro-vo. value. Yeah, but but there's nothing else. <laughs> there is nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah. Show me one asset with a sharp <laughs> ratio above one. Yeah. There is nothing else. So. Well, we could talk about Bitcoin versus crypto because there's a lot of coins, of course, that that, that have done better, like Ethereum, et, et cetera. It's a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it's smaller. It's, it's, uh... Do you mess around with the altcoin market because you, you obviously understand charts and TA and all this kind of stuff? Do you, do... No, I don't do
0: it myself, but I can understand that people, investors, just see it as a number on the screen. It doesn't matter.
1: It's, a, it's uh... not about 20 years from now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but for me, for me, the the Ethereum or, or the, the clones of Bitcoin, like uh, Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin SV, they, those are those are totally un, unattractive because they don't mm-hmm. have the the things that that make Bitcoin great for me. The 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 decentralized part that you don't need a a server, but but have all this peer to peer, you know, the, the BitTorrent part. The yeah, the the scarcity part. The the non not being a company.
1: You know, let's go let's go to that actually. That's one of my questions later. I want I want to go to that. So sure. can you share to the audience um what do you believe people should be most focused on to gain their conviction in Bitcoin? They shouldn't just follow the model, right? They should gain conviction. I, I always tell people I point them to Saifedean's book, but also uh, VJ's book, I think is great. The Bullish Case for Bitcoin it, or his article is even easier. The Medium article. Um, which properties do you find, uh, uh, you know, the, the most, I guess, interesting or um, like we talked about network effects or to, to tell people what you think they should be most focused on to try to build their conviction in Bitcoin?
0: Yeah. The first thing you should read is the, with the Bitcoin white paper. And if you don't understand it, learn it. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of people who can explain it. Uh, search for it uh, you have to know what's written in the white paper you have to understand the three technologies behind Bitcoin and why it's really breakthrough technology invention what's what's what Satoshi did there uh, what why there is proof of work why we use the uh, mining and and, and 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 what the hash uh, uh, the sha 256 how that all connects uh, you have to know, Every line in the Bitcoin white paper, and if you don't understand a thing, look it up, learn it, because it, it's essential. The piece is the the white paper is only nine pages, mm-hmm. including the references, and it's so well well written, so clear, so simple, actually, that it's it's uh, it's like a po a poem. And um, yeah, that's the absolute first point. Then. I would say the bullish case for bitcoin from from v j is is second because it's easy to read and uh, yeah, e- easier than than safety's book mm-hmm. then you get a connection with a uh, um, with money with the financial market and then I would say you're ready for safety's book uh, the bitcoin standard those three are absolutely must read mm-hmm. and then it's all. Uh, learning by doing i guess just allocate a small amount don't wait for the like, like you said don't wait yeah. till it comes down don't wait don't wait just put in a small amount to learn and for one person that's a thousand dollars for another it's a million but put in an amount that you can lose that you're willing to lose would you say that maybe one percent less, or
1: what do you think that is for people? Uh, yeah, everybody has to decide that for for himself. But own. yeah, yeah, your first investment—you're well, going to miss one percent of your net worth. It's like whatever, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, less.
0: I, no, but I would say yeah, one percent
1: or less. Maybe just mm-hmm. just see how it works.
0: Because
1: um, you'll pay attention then. Yeah,
0: yeah, and get a what? Exactly, you learn faster when you're doing it. So uh, maybe get hundred hundred dollars on the sure. not not even as an investment, but to pay coffee to to. Uh, to, to lose, <laughs> to to, to uh, buy stuff and, and and learn how wallets work, uh,
1: and learn how to, to yeah, an exchange works. By the way, I, I messed around with NFTs earlier this year, uh, or last year, I should say. I keep doing it, um, just for that reason. I, I wasn't sure. necessarily interested in NFTs, but I wanted to understand what everybody's talking about. And then from that, you start to really mess around with like the the tech and and that and you know the wallets and all this kind of crap, you know, which I really didn't do. I was a Bitcoin. Buyer and holder as a hodler, that's it, you know. So, when I was messing around, with that, I was like, Oh, totally understand this now. It, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This could be an entryway into people into Bitcoin, actually, in some ways. I'm not advocating it, I'm just saying I can see how they'll lose their shirt and at least know how to use wallets <laughs> You know, for the most part. Yeah. yeah, and I know a lot of people who got rich with that uh, sure. as well because it, it, it's, I know some people who made a lot of money, <laughs> money <laughs> yeah. more than Bitcoin. But that's so. a skill set that I don't necessarily have, but yeah,
0: <laughs> no, same year. So, but, but yeah, uh, learn about doing and 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 uh, and Twitter, Twitter is. The, the, I was not on Twitter before Bitcoin. Yeah, um, I think I opened the account in 2017, uh, mainly at the end of 2017, mainly to uh, express my opinion against that fork. That was the fork war. That the mm. the mm. first well, it was a very large attack of, of on Bitcoin. And if that would have succeeded, Bitcoin would be gone by now. But it didn't. And there was especially Roger Ver played a very bad role at that time. And I was, mm-hmm. I, I basically opened the account to troll him. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's what we would say uh, at the moment, but uh, it was so unbelievable to me that people actually bought that, that story of him and and uh, the, ba- the whole big block uh, story. Uh, Read. Why, why can't you see that that is a bad thing and that will centralize everything. And the arguments are fake and blah, blah, blah. But uh, anyway, that, that sort. Of, and then I, I just lurked for a couple of years and listened to the, People like uh, Adam, and and I I don't know if Preston was already there, but Vijay for sure, and the Winkovos brothers, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, oh, by the way, um, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos. That was Mm -hmm. one of my big uh, teachers as well. He has very nice videos, so that's, I guess, must. uh... I met
1: him on Clubhouse, and he was telling people how you should use your bitcoin to pay people and so i was like whoa wait a second <laughs> what are we talking about but he has a different perspective on, around bitcoin it's yeah.
0: he went the other way a little bit uh, and and but his early work is is phenomenal yeah I've, yeah I've and read. and uh, he has an introduction i think it's, it's it's 5 years old but it's it's beautiful and uh but from from there and then i got the idea um for for the stock to flow to make make some kind of model and 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 i you know the whole scarcity, twenty one million. The halving uh, has, of course, an, a role in that. So I, I started tweeting in, in end of two thousand eighteen, I guess, r- working up to the the article in March two thousand nineteen. But that, yeah, I, I think Twitter is is beautiful because you can follow. The people that you select, you can you can follow yeah. the interesting people
1: and leave so some out. Some people were commenting yesterday, he blocked me or something. But you oh, can also sure. block people if it's if it's annoying you. Like, why do I want to see it? Exactly. Know? I don't understand I, I, why people get so bent out of shape on um, getting blocked on Twitter. Yeah. Why do I want to see you saying negative things? You can say whatever you want. I can't stop you. But like, I don't want to necessarily see that i do <laughs> just blo- it's just for me it's just noise control right in the beginning
0: especially with one million followers then then every everything comes a uh, hundred times as, as big all the com- i can't read all the comments on my own tweets and i want to yeah. read them because that's why i'm on twitter so so every bullshit comment that I, j- just somebody said to you, oh, your model your model is bullshit or uh uh, when Plan C, or, or those
1: kind of... <laughs> when well, Plan C is a wonder, yeah, right?
0: uh, my, yeah, well, the, the first hundred times I heard that, I, I, I laughed about it. But after a thousand times, then I just block. And for me, it's just noise control. So I have about 60,000 people blocked, um, which I, I guess
1: Jeez. is pretty... <laughs>
0: Well, it's, it's, it's also a lot of sh- shitcoin sh- sellers, of course. Yeah, yeah,
1: of course. They, all you probably the, uh, get DM'd all the time. Well, you promote my shitcoin. <laughs> they don't say that, but... <laughs> I closed my DMs for that reason, because... Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. That's right. That's yeah, how, I think you followed me just so I could DM you or something, right? That's because that's of the Preston yeah, intro. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I, I can DM you, and then you can DM me. Yeah. But but there's, a, yeah. of course, a lot of impersonators and scammers, uh, people that, that copy my entire account, but have like zero followers or 10. And each and every new follower of mine Gets this gets gets at least three scammers DMing him. Hey, I'm Plan B. How's your trading? And they, they they're going to be ripped off. Uh, and every comment, every comment under my tweet, there is a scammer. There's an impersonator with my icon and, and a lot of the new it folks looks just course, like you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the and names
1: and are all, somebody somebody used mine. I did uh, J A Y G O capital I. Yes. Instead, you, of, uh, instead of the l it's a capital I, you know and and i was like wow that one's good how did they do that and then i like copied it put it into like word and i was like oh it's an yeah. I. okay i couldn't figure out how they did it i was like that's crazy but i hate that off of twitter
0: <laughs> i i yeah
1: I, it must be a pain in the ass for,
0: for twitter as well but it, it makes the platform almost unusable and um but yeah, I'm
1: I'm, I'm very. Uh, Did they make you a a, a verified account? you no, on?
0: they can't because I'm <laughs> I'm. Uh, uh, You're not anonymous. A human, right? Well, anonymous rather. Right? You are yeah. human, but <laughs> yeah, <also>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, the blocking and and it, oh, the ah, the trolls are 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 terrible. So it's like, yeah, I gave I had some criticism, and then he blocked me. No, I don't block criticism. I. I i block dickheads i, I block <laughs> jerks the 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 rude people that that just say well your model broke or but then don't give a reason don't give a right. source don't give an analysis uh and, and that's part of twitter and that's part of bitcoin the toxicity the and it's
1: all good but don't expect me to uh to, to waste my time on that so i just I, I just want to go back to one more thing on on the timing of markets and this kind of stuff because actually you said on palm's po- podcast i I got to ask you, you said um, <laughs> that you might try to time this market at the top, you know, you said um, that you won't tell anybody, but you might signal to the market or give a hint or something. I forget what your hint was. What was that hint? I forget now. <laughs> so you said that you might, you might say something or do less something, or I don't know when you think that the markets are topping.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that refers to your 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 very first question: that uh, is the model front run, of, or or do people sell when the model becomes uh, negative, and then says there will be yeah. a bear market, for example. And in the the funny thing is, I the the growth on the account was so lo, so so fast that I, I still see it as my personal account, uh, not knowing there's 1.7 million followers. <laughs> uh, so I like this and I like that, and I retweet a little bit, and then everybody uh yeah is following that and, and and it's not not like a homogeneous group of investors and quants anymore it's it's like everybody, everybody. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and, and that's not always a good thing so so uh Correct. there there's some people that just follow everything i say for example like like it's the truth and, and uh, yeah. yeah i trust you i trust you don't trust me do your own uh verify yeah. it do your own research i just here for ideas and i give ideas I, and I don't charge money. I don't have ads. I don't, I don't make zero money of the uh, the Twitter account. So, so uh, in, in in Palm's podcast, I, I talked. We talked about the on-chain signal. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of yeah. on-chain analysis, and I have a small mm-hmm. group of quants that that do that it. It's very very fun. Very much fun. It's very new. It's, it's, this is a, like a the new, Willy Woo, uh, Willy Woo, Clemente. Will uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, but Willy and Clemente use the Glass data. I do that, all yeah. that myself. So I, I have oh, wow. a note. I crunch the 400 gigs of data and uh, and, and make my own signals. So it's a, it's a little. So we have a full stack of si- creating signals and then backtesting those, um, and then uh, evaluate the uh, investment before make training rules and investment. Yeah, uh, evaluate investment, and that's all done automatically. So it's it's searching for strategies, the algori- algorithms, and then. Uh, so we were talking about the on- on-chain. One on chain signal of me, and I stopped uh twittering about it uh because that that signal uh identifies FOMO transactions at the top. So every time there's a really there is a top, it it flashes red because there are s- certain kinds of transactions. And, and think about well, it could be transactions with a lot of inputs and a lot of outputs, or from certain addresses, or it's or young. Young addresses or big well something like that, right? It's a, it's a combination that's proprietary, by the way. So I I haven't published that, but but when that signal f- flashes red, I will be very worried. And it didn't flash red uh, yet, so that's why I believe is that's one of the is reasons it, I believe. Is it yellow? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think last time I tweeted it was about yellow. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was not blue either. So. uh Somewhere in the middle, uh which which leads me to believe, together with uh, stock to Flow model, of course we're at the lower bands of the standard deviation, that the the peak is not in yet. And uh but I I, I sort of thought like, well, when when the red, when it flashes red, when the peak is in, I will sell some Bitcoin. Not all of it, because I I couldn't risk uh, it it the, the supercycle uh going on mm-hmm. and me not in there. But uh but just a little bit to uh, to uh, finance and fund the the bear market that will probably come after that but uh, I was thinking with a account that I have at the moment if I tweet that just like any other tweet on a personal account maybe some folks go uh, berserk and uh, and and go into full panic mode and and the mark I don't want to crash the market I don't know so right. I thought it was better to uh, to not do not.
1: Yeah, you almost have like a responsibility at this point because of the amount of influence that the account has. So y- yeah, you but can I've, move markets, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes and no. I, I, I you're not some... going to move
1: it longer term, but in the short term, people would th- like you said. There's millions of people that follow. Some of them are going to start selling based off of that information potentially, True. and then it creates a movement, and then it reverts. Obviously, True. Uh, but
0: maybe that's 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 funny. But I I don't feel that responsibility. I, mm-hmm. I think it's every. I think from principally it should be everybody's own. Uh, your Responsibility. responsibility. I, I just push out information and uh, sure. do it, do with it what, what you want. But I guess, yeah, I have to be a little bit uh, <laughs>
1: aware of of that. And, uh, I, I tweeted out the other day. I said uh, sixty nine thousand dollars was the Bitcoin top, but it was also, but it will also be the Bitcoin bottom. So sixty nine thousand was the Bitcoin top. It also be the pun intended, by the way. <laughs> very true. Yeah. Very true. um so you're saying it probably isn't the top based on what your indicators are yeah. and what you're looking at. Yeah. And um, where do you think the bottom might be in this? Because I think it's probably what we saw last year. If it doesn't go much further, it seems like 30,000 is a pretty strong uh, support level at this point. Wh- what do you think could be a bottom for this cycle?
0: Yeah. For, yeah. It's, it's very, This it has nothing to do again with the stock to flow uh, model. Of course, no. just my personal opinion. It's more like uh, TA almost. Yeah. Yeah. Almost TA. And of course I did try to do that with the floor model. Which uh, epically failed uh, in November and December. So I throw that away. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, one thing I look at for bottoms is 200 uh, week moving averages. And I, th- I think that's at, at around 20, 19,000 at the moment. So mm-hmm. Bitcoin has never gone uh, a monthly close, has, has never, never had a monthly close below the 200 week moving average. So that can be seen as a as a as a bottom, but it's even,
1: interesting. So my buddy might be onto something with his twenty number.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, 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 yeah. But it's very very low, right? So I, that's I, like a
1: short moment, in it and it's going to bounce. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that would be a perfect
0: moment to buy. Uh, mm-hmm. But then there's the uh, realized cap, the realized price. Uh, from you can you can do a two hundred week moving average, or or um, or another in, a time interval, but but then not equally weighted, but weighted with a uh, um, uh, how much bitcoins were bought in that month or or period and then weight that against the price so you can weigh the price based on how much bitcoins were traded at that price mm-hmm. and then you get a, a realized cap uh, a realized uh, price and that is much higher than the 200 week uh, moving um Moving average, and so that's a much. What is that, currently? It is twenty four thousand, I guess. Okay. And it depends on you. Twenty four thousand, based on the price of every Bitcoin, every single Bitcoin of the eighteen point nine Bitcoins out there when they last transacted. That's okay. Twenty four thousand. Um. Uh, so yeah, but but if you make that into that that number is is heavily skewed by the lost. Bitcoins and the Satoshi, the first million Satoshi coins. So, if you narrow the window down to say also 200 uh, weeks or less, that number goes up significantly to in the 30,000, 40,000 range, depending on Mm -hmm. window. So, that's I can really not see it going below
1: 30,000. Yeah, that's kind of what I. think but at a high level i'm not doing the analysis like you are but it seems like there's a strong support there um based off of where the you just look at the chart and where it kind of like kept bouncing earlier in the year yeah and there's
0: there's one other thing it 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 went it never went down below the last all-time high so the last all-time high of course uh, 2017 was twenty thousand.
1: Mm-hmm. so it shouldn't go it 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 never happened. Yeah, exactly. So when you look at those charts, you draw that line across. The same thing I did last year in 2020 in March when um, VTI and SPY kind of bounced to the bottom. You could see the speed and the velocity of which it went down, and it started to slow, and then it came back. And it was right around the time that the Fed – I think it might have been the day – the Fed announced basically an unlimited checkbook, right? Um, But when you looked at that and you snapped it back, it went back to 2015 prices in the equity market. And I'm like, that's a five-year regression back. like. Can it go lower? Of course it can. But like, it seemed like that was a pretty, you know, and then I look, I also looked at from equities perspective, it's totally different in Bitcoin. Wh- what was the, um, what was the dividend on the S&P? Um, which th- it was going up as the price goes down, right? You know, so obviously if earnings change, that would not be the case, but that's another thing to kind of look at. I've looked at it as at, in the S&P, you can't do that with Bitcoin obviously, but um, like what's yeah. the return profile for, for the dividends and at some point, it makes sense for investors to just say, "Oh, well, that's not so bad," <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and, as, and if we look at last year of Bitcoin, it, 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 it spends all the time between forty thousand and sixty thousand, around fifty thousand, if you will. Yeah. And uh, so the the average price of all the bitcoins that are transacted, of all the investors when they got in, is 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 getting higher and higher mm-hmm. t- towards that forty, th- 40 to sixty k uh, range, mm. and it creates uh, a new floor. Yeah, yeah, it creates a new floor, especially. Yeah.
1: yeah. So what do, so look year in review 2021 um, what surprised you the most and um what do you think the biggest catalyst well, there was a bunch but what was the biggest catalyst for us not getting to 100,000 plus like what do you think happened last year
0: Yeah I I guess the main event was uh China ban of mm-hmm. uh mining it it uh, yeah scared all the uh miners out of China China has always been a, a very has a dominant position in bitcoin because um because of the mining because half of the bitcoin mining was there, it was always perceived as a as a as a risk as a threat, yeah, so now they banned the one
1: percent attack
0: yeah yeah, so the actual threat and and fear became reality and and yes the hash rate went down fifty percent and then it went up to <laughs> it started to move up two year, two months later uh to, to the new all time high right now, and all the miners had moved their coins or their their miners to Kazakhstan
1: and the mm-hmm. the,
0: the they're having issues right now too,
1: actually, right? With the power. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, big
0: issues, big issues. But but most of the miners also um, went to the United States, of course, Texas and the flare gas and et cetera. Uh, because Kazakhstan, the, the, the turbulence we see there right now is not impacting the uh, hash rate too much. So... Uh, but that w- that was a big thing, and and together with it, the the price went down because all the miners, of course, uh, uh, gone and the hash rate gone created a risk. Will it come back? Will China take over the the hardware and uh, and fifty one percent attack the network or something? And uh, and the miners, of course, had to relocate the hardware, and that cost money, so they had to sell all the bitcoins um, uh, they had, or some some had to do that large selling and and. So that was a major surprise because that that came for me at a at a bad moment because that was uh, that was exactly the moment that uh, Bitcoin uh, was rising and mm-hmm. rising to the stock to flow uh, levels of hundred thousand and then all of a sudden bang we're back at uh, at where are we now about well, uh, forty well, something and um, yeah so so that w- that was the biggest surprise uh, to me but, yeah
1: absolutely. Do you bel- do you believe in the Bitcoin lengthening cycle theory?
0: Yeah, I talked with uh, Ben Cohen about that uh, in, in in very much detail because I uh, we have different definitions of what that is. So so he's very much into that lengthening cycle and diminishing returns. I think uh, I always thought that is like the time model, the logarithmic model, that that nice curve that that's also sometimes used as the demand part versus the stock flow as a supply part uh but it's much lower than than but what he what i learned from that interview was that um lengthening cycles and diminishing returns you look you look at the top the the, the market tops you look only at the market tops where i look at averages right i, I look mm-hmm. at the regression line the averages so so he looks at market tops so and yeah so um, lengthening cycles mean means that the top is later uh, uh, every cycle, uh, mm-hmm. and right now it, it seems like if this was the top, the sixty nine, it was at the same location as uh, two thousand seventeen. So it, it's not really lengthening. If it, if it if the top w- is not in and will be here in this year, for example, uh, in the summer, then we have. According to that definition, lengthening cycles, yeah, and and diminishing returns, same thing. So the tops tend to, if relatively, tend to be relatively lower each cycle. So so 2017 was lower mm-hmm. had a lower top than 2013, and now if 69 was the top, we had a lower top uh, this
1: time around. Of course, if we go higher, this is my theory of contracting the Kager. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But I, but but I. Do not. Well, I should say that differently. I'm not that much interested in the tops and the bottoms because those are one day events. I can't buy or sell large large positions uh, in a day. So, so I'm I'm much more focused on the average plateau where we, uh, like the fifty thousand of last year, uh, you could have bought and sold sell, sold. Uh, a lot of money on, on, on those levels. So, uh, yeah, where the exact top is and where the exact bottom is, actually, I, I don't really care. Yeah. And um, But I should say the general thought that the lengthening cycle guys and diminishing return guys have is that the volatility, as the market grows, the market cap grows, the volatility goes down. I don't think that necessarily is the case uh with bitcoin why do you think that yeah explain yeah because uh, like i said before uh i think volatility is suppressed in most markets by the quantitative easing by the central banks by okay and this is outside money yeah and and defaults are not permitted so Mm -hmm. a company can will be saved by uh Mm by qe money and and not not letting uh, not being allowed to, to default so so where does the volatility volatility go and bitcoin is is one of the last places on earth where volatility can yeah can can exist and i think it if you look at option markets they for sure do not foresee lower volatility uh, uh in the next 12 months so mm. uh i guess the market will the, the bitcoin price will behave the distribution of bitcoin prices will be non-normal and very uh, well uh, p- power law distribution uh, like with large uh, volatility and 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 actually um, without a clear standard deviation or variance uh, so so that yeah that's a special part of of math or statistics if you will with which also uh, ties nicely into the exponential growth uh, theories that that it's a non normal distributed returns market and 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 volatility plays a, a really large role and it yeah i guess the volatility will will stay and um it, it, and but, but but maybe i'm wrong so it's it's very interesting and and important to keep watching the implied volatilities uh, from the option markets, because that's where volatility is traded directly. And those markets do not indicate any decrease of volatility in the next uh, 12 months.
1: I was talking to a friend of mine uh, earlier last week, and I um, can't say who it is, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, but <laughs> he was saying that it's the rumor is that China, not only did they ban Bitcoin mining at all, they're going to start to potentially go after um individuals that they can see still have it right so if you have it on an exchange or they're aware that you have it so they might start essentially locking people up i mean this is a this is a rumor that's starting to circulate over there i don't know the validity of that but the yes. person who said it to me is very credible um but what do you think of that and then that, that so basically going back to the volatility and going back to tops and bottoms and average and all this kind of stuff and the price moving forward um we nobody knows the future right but if you look at what's happening with the federal reserve and that potential news coming out as they start to because you know they're not going to if they if they're really trying to do this to screw up bitcoin at, at china because they want to control their own money supply and they think that bitcoin is a threat potentially i don't know right if that's what they're thinking who knows but if that's the case the time to hit them with that news would be as the Fed raises rates, so because that's going to make all assets kind of, to your point said earlier, asset prices will come down, and then if they hit us with that news, it's going to just exasperate that, it just keeps going on even far, faster. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, yeah, it would be best to to ask a Chinese investor who is in China, of course, new experiences. But but what I hear from Chinese investors is that this is indeed true, okay. and has been uh, this this ban of mining has been um followed up by a man of a ban of uh, trading actually not owning bitcoin but trading so uh, mm-hmm. all the exchanges and um had to uh, sell though their their close their accounts basically by uh, december 30 uh, 31st mm-hmm. and that's why we have seen this large decline from 69 to uh, the 40000 right now mm-hmm. is mainly Pushing sell. I, I guess, you know, but, yeah. But, and, and there's a lot of analysis. I retweeted some of that. I think it was glass node analysis <laughs> that shows that all the... And we know that. I mean, if you're on a, All the selling last two months was done in Chinese working hours. Uh, so that's what it is, yeah. That's what it is. So that's where the selling came from. And there is the... Yeah, you can see exchange balances. The number of Bitcoins on exchanges. And all the Chinese exchanges are close to zero right now but yeah yeah we have seen them decline the
1: balances over the last two months that's really interesting as it relates to stock to flow right because it's about supply and stuff right so you're you're seeing this unusual amount uh or maybe not unusual but you're seeing a large amount of supply coming unexpectedly based off of what the model might have predicted right so the supply kind of screws up the no no
0: no no, the, the supply uh of the stock to flow ratio is the supply uh in, in the market from the miners, yeah. So so it doesn't matter if it's in custodial
1: or, or, or on exchange. But it is supply and demand overall. And if more supply is coming in from existing holders, in addition to that, it kind of screws up. What, how do I explain this? So if, what is it? 90 coins a day right now versus 180 before March 2020, right? So ninety, but you're increasing it if you have more sellers, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's it, it's uh a demand and supply on exchanges or in the market, which 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 is of of course directly impacts uh, the price, which causes the price to be what it is. But it's not um, relevant in the context of stock to flow. Okay. Because that is only the the supply is only
1: the uh, the number of coins that are mined every uh, month in this case. Okay. But it is relevant relative to the price because it's all sure. based on supply and demand. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if everybody's selling, then, then the price goes <laughs> down. Of course. Down. So. A lot of people are like, why? But my friends are like, people in the Bitcoin, they're like, why is the price going down? I'm like, there's more sellers than buyers. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. <laughs> Actually, it's
0: good news, right? Because uh, December 31st is over. It's behind us. So yeah. the exchanges are empty, are done. Uh, trading is not. Yeah, well. So that's
1: not coming. That already happened. So he might have misinterpreted that. That's
0: interesting. Right, right. Okay. So now we're we're back to inflation and what's the Fed going to do with the interest rates? That's, I
1: think, the big catalyst at the moment. That's sure. probably. And then we won't shake that out, I think, until Q2. I, I really believe it's going to take until Q2 for this, the whole shakeout. And so who knows where we go from here to there. You
0: know? Yeah. So very, very interesting. And, and, if that, and, and of course, all the expectations about what the Fed is going to do are already priced in the market, are in the interest rate right now. Mm-hmm. So the the move from 1.5 to 1.8% that's because investors think the Fed will raise interest rates because that's mm-hmm. what, sort of what they said indirectly uh but if they don't follow through with action
1: that will because the market's the market. selling too fast right yeah they have to exactly. pull back Yeah, the market's, it's like the tail wagging the dog. The market's 2018 is when I realized there's something wrong. 2015, I sold my company, uh, started to invest a lot of my money in the market. And, uh, you know, then they, and and, and by the way, they were raising rates in 2015. People always say, oh, in 2018, they raised rates and they can't do it because, see, they couldn't do it. I'm like, nope, they did it for three years, guys. They did this for, I know, because I had a lot of money sitting in the market. And I was like, oh, this is cool. We're actually going to see an interest rate at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, you get lucky and you get all this money and you're like, I forced all into equities. This is crazy, you know. Like, in, there's no risk-free instrument anymore. You're, you're losing money to inflation. It was just an incredible thing. Um, but then you start to see the interest rates start going up, quarter point, quarter point, quarter point, point. and then that last one in December of 2018. You know, I've never seen this before. I wasn't really made, maybe I wasn't paying attention as as a younger person. But when the Fed goes on 60 Minutes to talk down the market, I was like, something's not right about this. Like, yeah. this is crazy. When Jay Powell was on 60 Minutes, I remember that, and I was like. That's crazy. Like the market's telling him what to do, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So you never know, right? It's it's um I think it's policy, fat policy to
1: to not surprise the market, because that's yeah. bad. But what was the surprise? He was raising rates for three years. Yeah. <laughs> <was> no surprise. <laughs> yeah. They just decided one day we don't like it anymore. So uh, this is it. That last po- that last quarter point we didn't like, you know? Uh and it wasn't like they sold off to get back to where they were a few months ago. They just were it dropped like twenty something percent very quickly, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, however, I have to say because I think all the interest rate decisions and, and the QE decisions right now are sort of uh, influenced by what has been done the last two years uh, yeah. after March twenty twenty COVID response, the, the mm-hmm. quantitative easing, and you know the the, the interest rate was one point uh, nine something, a little under two percent mm-hmm. just before uh,
1: COVID started to uh, to appear. So. Every time they get to that 2%, it sells off. (laughs) In that case, there was an exogenous event, but yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, We're about at the same level of uh, 10-year US interest rates as we were before COVID. So Q1 uh, 2020, Uh, a little before that, I guess, end of uh, 2019. So
1: yeah. (laughs) And the repo markets were were showing signs even before COVID that things weren't right. Exactly.
0: So, yeah, it would surprise me if they, if they, of course, they could go on to two fifty, maybe to three percent, but higher than
1: that, nah, it's not possible. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Well, before we jump, um, let's go into twenty two and beyond. I, for me, it's the Fed. So, what is your, what do you think the biggest risk is moving forward? For me, it's just interest rates, right? But what do you believe the biggest risk, um, or what are you most worried about, maybe for twenty twenty two and beyond? For short-term price action. Oh
0: yeah, oh, I don't,
1: I don't know, I don't know, I don't, well,
0: I, I guess another, the most important events are the ones you don't see. So if you would have asked me this question end of 2019, I would have never foreseen COVID and and the in, Unforeseen events, enormous yeah. impact that had on QE in the markets and Bitcoin. So I guess we're going to have another unknown, uh, call it a Black Swan event, Mm -hmm. um, somewhere this year that will, uh, yeah. You think it'll be this year? You think so? Yeah, yeah, I guess
1: so. Yeah, yeah. It's like the market's looking for that. They just want to pull back. <laughs> it's like it's getting a little too rich for everybody's blood. <laughs>
0: well, one of the things I'm I'm following, but uh don't read too much in that, but I find it interesting. It's on my radar. Uh COVID was uh a scenario, of course, that was been written about before 2020. And the or in, in that particular so it feels a bit like a. You could see it as a as a uh, as a drill, basically. And there were more scenarios written in the in those documents. And one of the scenarios is a computer virus. So we had the real virus and all the responses uh, like lockdowns, etc. Yeah. But a computer virus. And think about the small incidents that we've seen already in the, the oil pipes in America. Uh, that, that were hacked and then ransomware, and there's a Bitcoin component there as well. Uh, we've seen some of those incidents in um, in Europe as well. They were less uh, frequently published. But I see uh, there was a big drill like a month ago, two months ago was in Israel with uh, 10 com- uh, ten countries, hmm. uh, U.S., of course, Israel, Netherlands, well, the usual suspects, where they sort of... Uh, planned uh the whole event and uh we might yeah well yeah yeah, we it might be a little little bit of a thin foil head uh, thing but i'm (laughs) i'm i'm watching those stories uh, closely and um so that's one thing and another thing is but but that's very macro of course we talked about Kazakhstan, and and we see some some uh, troop um uh, building up of troops around the uh, Russian-European uh, borders as well, which is small, doesn't get much media attention. But uh, in alternative news <laughs> slash Twitter, it's very interesting to follow what happens in those countries. And, and for example, Kazakhstan is, a, is, a, is as large as Europe. It's a very big uh, country. It has, I think, 80% of all the oil and, and, and uh, commodities uh, for uh, uh, of Russia. So, so it's a very important, strategically important area for, well, at least Russia. But uh, so so let's see what happens there. And that's to uh, Russian borders where there is uh, movement. And um, yeah, I think we have to, from a geo- geopolitical point of view, have to watch that as well. Yeah, and 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 of course the other big topic, but that relates to the the Fed is is inflation. What will inflation yeah. do? Which We haven't
1: really talked about, but yeah, yeah, go
0: ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've seen it's enormous, a big topic. <laughs> it's a big topic. We've seen asset inflation, uh, especially uh, if you look beyond the CPI into mm-hmm. the real stuff like uh, education and and healthcare and 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 assets like like real estate. Healthcare went up thirty percent for most people in the United States in the past
1: from last year to this year? Uh,
0: I can tell you uh, electricity prices in Europe have gone uh, 3x. So uh, an average uh, family in in Europe pays like, what is it, 200 euros a month for electricity? 600 now. Yeah,
1: and the only way people are able to justify, and there's no justification for it, but the only way they're able to swallow it, I guess, is that as a line item, uh, like an actual line item, If let's say your electric bill was like 60 bucks, now it's 150 or something like that. They can absorb it, even though the percentage is off the chart, be relative yeah. to everything else they have, right? But but it's it's not sustainable to keep doing that. It's not sustainable, and I see. I I think we will see um,
0: that spill over from asset inflation to normal inflation, and we're seeing mm-hmm. that at the moment, of course, uh, which yeah. is why the Fed reacts. But but if history is any guide,
1: then the Fed will not be able to contain that. This is like the tweet that uh, Dorsey put out, right, Jack Dorsey. Oh, I missed that. Called it hyperinflation or something like that. Everybody freaked out because it's not technically hyperinflation, but you know.
0: Yeah. No, well, but yeah, hyperinflation because what they did to the money supply cannot be undone. It, yeah. And and they haven't thought about it uh, well enough, so
1: it do cannot. You think be, they haven't thought of it, or they just didn't think they had an alternative? That's it. That's it. They they had to do something because yeah. doing nothing is not an option. Because you, you're you're allowing this market to crash, and they don't want to let anything crash anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah, you can imagine how those board meetings go. Like like most people know that doing nothing is probably the best option, but that that cannot be allowed. You cannot do nothing, and then somebody uh, becomes angry, and we do something, uh, and money, blah blah blah, and so which I think was a stupid thing. They should have left uh, Lehman and and all the other
1: investment banks go bust. See, my body tells me that they, there would be no money coming out of the ATM machine the next day. If that, do you believe that or you guess not, right?
0: Do I believe? Yeah, I do believe. I,
1: I can oh. tell you some other
0: insights. Uh, we all thought that would happen because that would th- those banks were basically broke. And and Greg Foss, of course, talks about credit default spreads. That's yeah. why uh, a lot of people saw this coming in uh, 2007 and 2008 like the big short is the big if you look at the big short that was me (laughs) at the time we were and everybody in the in the in the banking was was like that everybody saw it coming and me and my friends actually had a lot of cash stashed for the event that atms were not working and banks would go bust even even had food we were sort of preppers to Mm -hmm. survive the next six months i even had the water, rice, uh, all, all this, it was crazy time actually. And then it doesn't, it didn't happen, but,
1: but so, because the banks were saved with all the money. So many people got that trade wrong because nobody anticipated the fed doing what the fed did. And then I, I think really a lot of people last year got it wrong too. Not a lot of people, but most people yeah. think, know the playbook now, but a lot of people still don't believe that that playbook will continue to keep running as it has. And yeah. they're kind of trying to front run when it doesn't work, you know?
0: Well, it is very important as a Bitcoiner to think about this if you're into that kind of geopolitical stuff. But um, one of the reasons that uh, why why governments and countries can engage can can do uh, this 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 saving of banks in 2008 or saving the economy into uh, after COVID uh, is because they can print money. Mm-hmm. It's because they can debase our money, because they can create inflation and let us all pay for that. So governments can do their warfare and welfare, if you will, because of their ability to print money. What if they would not have that ability? We would have less uh, warfare and less big-scale uh, government programs and uh, whether, well,
1: maybe that's a political thing. Forcible austerity. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. What what do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I I have some
1: liberal friends that think it's a bad thing. (laughs) So they're like, no, we need to print more money because we need all these types of services and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, but you don't realize the consequences. There's unintended consequences.
0: Well, actually, that's the big underlying uh, debate right now because, b- between economists and and bitcoiners on the one hand, uh, libertarians and and, and mm-hmm. the Austrian economists, and the normal or Keynesian economists on the other side, and and especially the governments, of course, and the central banks on the other side. Um, for example, the, the ECB, the European Central Bank, doesn't view Bitcoin as money. Because their entire worldview is based on money has to be printable, has to be controllable, has to be, mm-hmm. we have to uh, be able to make more of it. Otherwise, the economy
1: and, and, and the whole world is not functioning. That's, that's their basic belief. Yeah, this is the Greg Fosk argument. I'm not Greg Fosk, um, Jeff Booth, right? He's like, he's like the, the, they believe they need to have inflation, um, but really everything is actually deflating. They're just, they're buying the growth by printing more money. There is no growth.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and um, but, but of course the world worked well before uh, nineteen seventy one as well, mm-hmm. where we had all the currencies linked to gold. So, uh, but of course they they removed that link because uh, otherwise they had they had to stop the uh, the Vietnam War. Um, and yeah, it, it's a very I guess it's a very difficult thing for governments to not have that tool of money printing because they they'll be much smaller. Uh, as a government and in their ambition. Um and, and it would be much more markets that decide who goes busts and uh and, and yeah. So so I think it's a very fundamental discussion underlying that we're seeing played out in real life, which is the stuff that movies will be made of, like the big short, uh They'll call it the big of years lawn. from now.
1: <laughs> but it's very, very interesting to realise that, that as we're living it. I put a tweet out there. I said, who's going to play Michael Saylor in the big long?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. exactly.
1: Um, Before we hop, um, just want to say, you said 2017, you joined Twitter. And I I think I was looking at an old interview. I was doing research and watching a bunch of interviews. And I saw an interview like two years ago. You had like 70,000 followers. Earlier this year, I remember when you passed a million. I think you were on Palm Show talking about it. That was like a few months ago. You're 1.7 at million. Like this thing is like a runaway train. What's going on here?
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. sort of ten x uh, every year, so That's incredible. from thousand to ten thousand in two thousand nineteen, and to hundred thousand in twenty twenty, and then to a million plus uh, uh, right now. So the growth rate, actually talking about exponential growth, was about twenty percent a month, which has wow. not changed. Which which was very so it wasn't. I guess it wasn't one thing, but uh, just a gradual growth of twenty percent
1: a month. I I, t- I told you earlier I built like a video sharing embed website so that made sense why it grew rapidly. You take a video, you watch it, you click it, you copy it, you paste it. Someone sees it, they click it. It's got a viral coefficient, right, greater than one, and it just continues to grow. What, what's your viral coefficient? That, that uh, <laughs> stock the flow is just that viral verbally. Like I don't, it's amazing. It,
0: yeah, well, it, it amazed me as well. So it, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I guess people um, uh,
1: like price predictions yeah pricing i think jimmy song told me he's like if you talk about price you'll get more views <laughs> <laughs> like, well, i don't usually do that actually but
0: <laughs> and, and i know i know a lot of developers are mad about that uh maybe mad <laughs> yeah. about me for for uh, only doing price uh, models and getting all the attention or and, and, and a lot of other folks as well because it of course it's
1: like will comment came out of nowhere will just got like five hundred thousand followers in six months it was crazy same
0: thing yeah and and but, but of course, the development of the code is much more important, and and building yes. businesses around Bitcoin is much more important. But in the end, I think the incentive of making money is the strongest incentive there is, and yeah. uh, so it's not a necessarily a bad thing that people are interested in making money and and price predictions and well any kind of information on chain from 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 uh, Will Clemente and and uh, stock to flow more fundamental for, from me and yeah, so so I guess. The incentive is not a bad incentive, uh,
1: from a market's <laughs> point of view. When you're talking to people, I, I learned this a long, long, long time ago. I forget if it was like "How to Win Friends and Influence People" or some book like that. Um, they're always thinking about themselves when you're talking about anything, right? I don't care yeah. what it is; in life. they're just saying, "How does that relate to me? How do why do I care?" Right? Yeah. And with price. Yeah. They care, they own the Bitcoin, they want to know where they think the price is going, right so you speak to their you speak to their incentives, you speak to their uh, concerns and their thoughts I guess
0: yeah maybe one more thing because it, that's that's one part of the story, the other part of the story is that I guess people like me uh, institutional investors quantity investors uh, professional investors, they feel the need for something mathematical some yeah some compass or if you go how do you call it um some guidance and 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 also the notion of arbitrage between fiat and bitcoin world which we talked about between risk and return that we talked about between derivatives and spot markets that we talked about uh i think they know they like with greg foss uh I never heard of him. But then uh he had one or two tweets. I could tell from those one or two. 11th tweets. it's great math. <laughs> that, no, it was not that. But no, I, I knew know. It's, it's that meme. <laughs> I knew that he knew his stuff. He knows his stuff. He has been in the market for years and years. Otherwise, you could not, you could not have said. and I recognize that in one or two tweets. I'm quite sure that other people recognize that with me. So, and and they actually say that out loud as well, especially in the private conversations. Like, you know, even if the model breaks in in the next one or two years, uh, it uh, it doesn't matter because I like your perspectives. I, I I can tell. I can hear your experience, and I like to know what you what you what you think about. Well like we talk about the fed or whatever.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask it. That was, that was my last question actually to wrap it up. It's like if if the model breaks, what's the plan B? It, it no no pun intended. Like you know, is, yeah, is, no. it, is it the plan C? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know there's several <laughs> jokes about that. When plan C, right? No, but if it breaks though, is it is it just the intellectual um, capacity of how you describe the markets and think about the markets? Is, is that where you'll move forward and it's not necessarily just you're always about this this particular model. It's just the world view and and uh, the way you kind of think about bitcoin and markets in general.
0: Uh, no, normally i block people that ask them. Yeah. <laughs> no 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 uh don't block me <laughs> no no for sure uh no 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 yeah um how do i say that i I, mean, I guess um uh, will clementa tweeted about this as well um he's the unchained guy now but he does a lot more on chain only so i'm the stock to flow guy yeah uh, it, yeah it you were on his show with willie recently right
1: yeah, yeah, Will and Willie. I was, just, I was Willie. talking to him the other day about you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun with, with, the, um, with Will and Willie. So it was, it was just. Uh, so chat. funny they
1: both have but, the name William. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I guess the. Um, yeah, I'm the stock to flow guy. Everybody's uh, plan B is stock to flow, but I, I don't see myself as only
1: the stock to flow guy. I see my, I'm an investor. I'm. It's kind of how you got your rise to prominence, but it's not everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I, the on-chain the stuff, uh, I'm the only one, that or only one, not, not the only one, but who's doing all the the crunching himself. I see a lot of patterns. Lots of it are not um, published yet. Uh, there's a lot of arbitrage, which I think is very important, and lots of people are looking at the cash and carry and Mm-hmm. And, and, and a cover goal writing and stuff. So you're going to add value in
1: a variety of ways, not just this particular model.
0: Yeah, noise. yeah. Th- that having said, that um, <clears throat> I could see myself going dark uh, and delete the Twitter account uh, when wow. it hits, say, a hundred thousand uh, dollars <laughs> to go uh, to have all these interesting discussions that that are the reason I am on Twitter on the first place, but then in a more private uh, setting. Because right now it's it's become yeah well too big in a way that there's too much noise hence my blocking there's too much stuff I am not interested in and uh, I I know right now who are the uh, interesting people to talk about to talk yeah. with and and yep. so I'm building yeah I, your network yep. my network and and
1: um, I probably. Can you monetize this through a fund or something like that? Because you you you're not no longer with the fund. You are doing, but like, could you do something in Bitcoin? I don't know, like some some kind of a model. Is there any anything there?
0: I've I thought of that. Of course, you can monetize it bigly uh, if 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 you do a deal with exchanges and, and get part of the trading fees. That's that's how most people uh, monetize, mm-hmm. of course, their uh, account. I think Willy Woo
1: does stuff like that, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I'm I'm not doing that I get but but uh and newsletters are a great source uh, of income i mean there were there were i did a poll once you don't even do that though right no i don't do that but there were in a poll there were, that was like uh when i was below uh, 1 million there were 10,000 people that were easily uh, putting 50 50 bucks a month for a newsletter uh but then it becomes work again. And I, I just... Uh, <laughs> it's a job. Well,
1: yeah, it's, exactly. It's a Commitments, job. Commitments, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I sort of think I'm an... You know, my, my view is I'm an investor. My money should earn uh, my living and, and not my work, my hands. My, so yeah, I, I try to do... That sounds weird. But I, I try to do as little as possible. And... Um, let your money yeah, work. Let the money work. So So the whole passive income thing is with the cover call writing and, and uh etc that that's that's where my combined with on chain that's where the passion is uh can we do a fund yes of course we can do a fund and and but that would be work again as well uh we boo i talk to well a lot of funds on, on almost on a daily basis because i find that interesting and of course there's always the question like can, can we do referral and and those are, and I do that sometimes, uh, but I don't want to be the commercial guy. I want to be the independent yeah. guy, uh, and I want to. I'm I'm quite sure that the information that I lose because I will go uh, hmm. commercially uh, will cost me more than what what it brings me, the inside information. Yeah, uh, that I get now because I don't have any links. Uh, yeah, so. So if, 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 if I, I will go commercial, and, and of course, there are um, some things I have I've thought about, then, then it will be very small and, and v- very,
1: well, not Twitter. <laughs> plan B, thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, genuinely enjoyed your, your time with you today, and thank you for taking time out of, the, out of your day to spend with me. Thank you, Preston, for making the introduction. Um, everybody, Plan B. Thank you, Jay.